when you're in that place of everything is falling apart, it's okay to be upset. It's totally normal. But, you know, most times when a door closes, there are other doors. You just have to be willing to see them. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. Thank you all for joining us today. It's Yona Weiss, your host, and I'm here with the lovely Stacey Mooney. Thank you so much, Stacey, for joining me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm flattered. Well, I want to tell you guys a little about Stacy because if you don't know her yet, you probably should. Okay. Especially if you are in the commercial real estate space, especially if you're in the retail commercial real estate space, because she is the founder of Retail Live. Okay. This is one of the biggest national events in the retail space. And for someone who has been in the commercial real estate industry for 19 years with experience as a landlord, a developer, tenant rep, you know, she's basically done almost anything you can name it, licensed in Florida and Texas as a broker. And she's a member of ICSE, which is obviously, you know, a nice organization as well. So we want to, you know, learn about a little about how you got into and where the idea of developing retail live. Maybe just tell us a couple minutes about what retail live is, because it's more than just an event, right? Well, it certainly is for me. (laughs) Um, So as you mentioned, I've been in commercial real estate in various capacities as a broker or a leasing agent working for major REITs, private owners, representing national, regional, local tenants for uh, almost actually 20 years now. And I... I always tell people I've been blessed to work on some pretty amazing and high profile projects uh, as a leasing agent. And I remember, I think it was around, well, it was during the last recession that I had some properties that you know, were in the lifestyle portfolio where I was going after some of the more boutique and lifestyle type tenants. And I thought I had a really good product. I, I, I did have very good product actually. And I found it challenging to connect with retailers. And that wasn't exclusive to, you know, lifestyle tenants. I found the same thing, whether I was leasing a power center or a grocery anchored center, mm-hmm. but it was a frustration that I had through my career. I guess at that point I'd been in it for maybe eight years or so, seven years or so. And I, as you mentioned, I was a member of ICSC and I've gone to all of those events and the frustration I had was it was twofold. It was getting the appointment with the retailer, which wasn't necessarily because I didn't have good product, although sometimes it was maybe their perception. So you never had the opportunity to to pitch it and tell them that, well, it's changing or there's a redevelopment or this is what we're doing. And also sometimes it was just, they just didn't have the time because they're obviously, they're the pretty girl in the room and everybody wants to meet with them. And so that was one of the frustrations. You know, if you go to ICSE, you obviously have an appointment with those retailers or you try to get an appointment and sometimes they just, they don't have the availability or they're not willing to meet with you. And that was frustrating for me. And then the, the other thing was just a lack of, of 
information out there as to which broker or which representative was working with any given brand. And unless I had done a deal with, I'll just use the, the example of Starbucks, right. let's say I had done a deal with them, okay, I knew who the, the rep was and I knew who the broker was, but if I hadn't done a deal with a retailer, where do I find that information? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it was you call a buddy, hey, who's running with so-and-so retailer, but a lot of times they just wasn't out there. Right. And then... I moved to Austin, Texas in 2011 to run the leasing department for Edge Realty Partners out of Austin. And I found myself in a situation where I didn't know the major players in the market at all. I had moved from Florida and there really wasn't a lot of overlap. The retailers were different. Mm. The landlords were different. Uh, how they talked was different. <laughs> that There were frontage rows. There's all kinds of things that were different. And I found myself in a place that I've really got to get to know these people quick. I'm running a leasing department. I've got a four million square foot portfolio. I've got to know the players. So it was all those things that kind of just came together. And I said, you know, we should put on a, I actually went to the owners of the companies. We should put on like a a retail conference. And I, I saw it as a way for me to have an excuse to reach out to all the major players. Sure. Uh, I never envisioned that it would really become more frankly than just a, like a, at best, a Texas-based event. And in doing that, the, the company edges a brokerage company and they were very busy. And so every time I would kind of be like, hey, let's do this, they would say, yeah, we'll do it, but can we talk about it later? Right. And I finally just got to point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. It's not going to be that big of a deal. I'll go rent a venue space and I'll get the retailers. And, and that's really where it started. And within the first, I mean, literally less than 30 days, of just me. I would get up every morning at five and I would blast retailers. I would email them individually and say, Hey, I'm putting on this conference. Will you attend? There was no, they didn't know what they were signing up for. <laughs> they had no idea. I remember uh, Academy Sports and Michael's Arts and Crafts were the first two retailers to sign up, big tenants. And they said, Yeah, we'll be there. And it just gained momentum very quickly. That's and awesome. so I started the promotion of that in like February or March of the first year, and the event was in August. And we had something like, I think, 85 retailers the first year. Wow. That's when I was like, you know, maybe this might work other places. And so that's where it started. Amazing. Um, that was the impetus for it. And that was, like I said, in, in 2000. Well, the first event was actually in August of 2012. 2012. Wow. And so since that's begun, I mean, you've obviously, you put on events, you know, and now in multiple locations, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple times a year. And you're bringing in retailers and people and, you know, the agents and and people who are in the industry, because like you said, you want to help bring people together and meet the right people. And it's kind of right. I mean, I have not yet been fortunate enough to join you. I hope at the next one we'll be able to make it out, but yeah, I told you I'll be looking for you. It's funny. I remember, um, I guess it was around the time that I started in the industry. This is a sidebar, but it is, it is connected. I had a girlfriend she was looking at buying a franchise for a matchmaking business. It's a major one. We've, we've all seen it at the back of the air, airline magazines. She wanted me to do it with her because I always loved connecting people. It sounds really cheesy, but I really enjoy that. And this is kind of <laughs> retail live is, I, you know, you, you see my LinkedIn profile. I say I'm a retail, I'm a matchmaker. And that's really what it is. And, you know, I think it's really cool to have people come to me and go, oh my gosh, I'd never met so-and-so and and I never knew that deal existed. And I found it at Retail Live. I I just, I love that. uh, And I love all the people and it's really, you know, it is fun 
connecting people. And I do want to add, you had asked, um, you know, about Retail Live and I mentioned my frustrations and kind of what it was born from. Right. And what I love about our format is that you don't have to have a meeting time to meet with the retailers. The retailers are all in booths and it's first come first serve. And if you want to talk to the Starbucks rep, you jump in line and you wait and you actually get to have that interaction. And we started that trend and, and others are, are sure. attempting to have components of that at their show. But we, you know, our entire program is based on that concept. It is retailers flooding the room and deal makers being able to present sites and actually, you know, I was going to say shake hands, right. <laughs> shake whatever the version yeah. of that may be in the future. But there's something about being able to obviously put a face with the name and that's why we all go to conferences. So that's something that sets us apart also from our, our competition, I think. Sure. And I want to touch on that again, because there's, you know, you say a lot of us go to these networking events and we go to conferences, but I think what you've done with this, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm very, you know, excited, looking forward to seeing how it works in action. But I think that concept of being facilitating, you know, those connections and those relationships to happen in a much more, you know, kind of laid out formatted way that makes it a win-win and easier for everyone to interact instead of just kind of like wandering and like looking and, you know, I don't have an appointment, trying to get appointments. I know we all are frustrated. Trying to get through the gatekeeper at the desk. Do you have an appointment? No, I don't. Well, he's busy. Yeah. Um, and And the other thing is, uh, if you go to Retail Live, you, as part of your registration, you get what we call is the trade book. And that trade book is um, a compilation of all of the participating retailers and sponsors. And the retailers list their site criteria, their brokers, their contact information. So when you leave, even if you don't have a site today, six months from now, you're like, oh my gosh, I have a site for so-and-so. You at least have a resource to try and track down their broker's or the retailer themselves. And I think that, again, you know, that was a frustration I had and I wanted to try to address that as best as I could. Sure. So let's, let's kind of switch gears for a little bit now because, you know, creating an event like this and creating, and the business of real estate in general has its ups and downs to no end. I mean, we, we can't imagine what it's like for someone who's in your shoes, who has created, you know, a whole incredible network and incredible business. And then all of a sudden this whole pandemic, this whole, you know, the government, you know, shuts down everywhere and saying, hey, we can no longer do these conferences. And I know many people are hurting in many different ways through this, but, you know, I can only imagine, and just from what you've shared with me in the past, what that's been like a little bit and the frustration of of going through that, but maybe what was that? I mean, I don't want to get too personal here, but what, how was that? How was that? Yeah. So Share with us, if you can, like some of those frustrations and what you've done to kind of overcome those challenges that were literally thrown at you. Yeah. Well, I think, gosh, there's so many places I could go with this. You know, I have implemented a lot of changes for the brand. I think it's like any brand out there. You have to evolve. You have to um, refresh. You can't be stagnant. And frankly, after, I don't know how many years, like seven years or something, I felt like you know, I didn't want to get to the place where people were saying that. So I was starting to think about what does the evolution uh, look like? What can I do to change it? What can I do to keep it fresh? What does the industry need? What do the attendees need? And really that mindset has only been like the last year. And I've really been like focusing on that. And probably most people wouldn't notice, but you know, our branding has been different. We've had more of a presence in social media. We've 
updated the logo and the website and all those kinds of things. And, and Orlando, which was to be April 2nd, um, we were going to implement some changes to the format. And I'm always looking to provide added value to the attendees that goes beyond just the networking. And, and I don't want to go into all of the other things that we were going to do, but we we're going to do some really cool stuff that I think the attendees would have appreciated. And I was very excited about it. And then to have to cancel it really sucked. Yeah, just <laughs> I, all of a sudden I, um, like that. It was Yeah, it was just I always tell people, I'm like, this is like, talk about bad timing down a conference business. This is it. So, I mean, of course, I went through the, I mean, people, some people have seen that LinkedIn video where I'm, I'm like crying on the video, but it was very hard. I think more than the financial ramifications, and that was steep and hard, it was the disappointment of months and months of months. I'm talking seven months of brainstorming and implementing new ideas and promotion and, and hassling retailers and, and all that goes into it. And not just myself, I've got an amazing director of marketing, Erica Darling, who is like my sidekick and awesome. And, and, you know, we put so much time into it and thought and how we were going to change. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And that, that was really hard. And initially it was like, oh, well, we're just canceling Orlando. And that felt like really crappy. And I, you know, I'm sure everybody remembers it's like in the beginning of March, we kind of thought it was like maybe going to be a month or maybe it was going to be two months. Right. And then in short order within days or weeks, it was like, okay, this might be more than a month or two. And what does that mean going forward? And I, I've shared this with people, but I think like anybody, I went through a state, like basically the stages of grief. I was upset. I was angry. I was scared. I was all those things. And then I started thinking like, how do I how do I keep the retail live brand alive? How do I make sure people don't forget about retail live? If this thing goes on for months on end and there isn't a conference, what do I do to change it in this environment? Um, and that of course is where the meet the retailer series came from. And it was just, I want people to feel like we're still providing value. We're still providing connections. And even more than that, that there are retailers that are expanding and growing. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's a lot of really, you know, sad news out there um, and, and all the operators that are having to close and, and all that. And it's terrible and it makes us feel badly, but I wanted there to, there's always a counterpoint and I wanted mm -hmm. to, you know, provide that. Um, and so it was selfish on some levels. Of course, like I said, it was about branding and keeping retail life, you know, in the forefront of people's minds when or if we can finally have a live conference, but it was also, providing value. And my mindset has shifted. Um, it started before this, but definitely as a result of this, again, to what can I do to provide value to people? And if I provide value to people and, and you know, it, it doesn't matter if you put, you know, retailers together or a podcast together or a webinar, people aren't getting value, as you well know, they're not going to come back. And so instead of always, whereas before my mind was about the expense of running a conference, which is, mm -hmm. you know, it's, there's a lot of risk involved because you don't sure. know people are going to show up and you're committing way in advance with these hotel venues. And so that was kind of my focus because it had to be because there was financial risk. Now it's about the mind shift of what can I do to provide value to people that when we come back, they're loyal to us and they want to actually come see what Retail Live is about. Mm -hmm. And that would not have happened had it not been 
before the shutdown, wow. which yeah. is like, I'm getting goosebumps, but, but yeah. that's, that's amazing, you know? Right. And so, um, although I was sad and frustrated and all those things, I actually feel probably the most optimistic I've felt in a while as it relates to retail life, because I feel like, you know, we're finding our niche and it's like anything we've gone through right. probably the worst of it. And we've at least for now survived yes. so we can, we'll get through it, whatever happens. Um, and, and like everyone is talking about it's adapting. adapting. You know? And I think and, you're and, a great example of doing that. Just what you shared. And obviously we don't want to ignore the fact that at the beginning there was a lot of pain, you know, and I remember that, that video that you were crying. You know, we all felt it because you think at that moment that your whole career, your whole, everything you've put in, your blood, sweat, tears for months and months and years is just ripped out from under you. Right. You know? And, but I think the more important part is like, you know, and I think you shared this once before is like when a door closes, another door opens. Mm-hmm. And that's I such think, an important you know, lesson for everyone to, to hear. Yeah. And I think that like, this sounds so cliche, but the reality is, is that if it sounds so, <laughs> I feel hokey saying this, but, and I've been very guilty of this. When you're in that place of just everything is falling apart. And I sat there for a while, my own self. So I know, but when you change your mentality and you just start thinking like, okay, I can't, I can't fix that. I, there's nothing I can do about that. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And the moment I made that shift is when, you know, I started feeling better. I mean, I'm not making any, I'm not making any money off of it. You know, it's not like I've replaced the loss of income. Um, maybe someday I will, but again, it's about, it's about like shifting your mentality to what can I do right now to make my situation better? And part of it was feeling like I had lost my purpose. I was, I mean, when, when I'm running these events, it's like I finish one and I'm immediately into the next one. And all of a sudden that was gone. You know, it was like, what am I going to do now? Like that was such a huge part of my life. And the webinars gave me a focus. So that's a blessing too, because it's, you know, I'm doing something and I I do not do well sitting idle. (laughs) So, you know, um, that was important for me. And I would encourage other people that when, you know, you have loss, it's okay to be upset. It's totally normal. But, you know, most times... To your point, when a door closes, right. there are other doors. You just have to be willing to see them. Right. You know, you have to be willing to look for them. And I think that we have to listen to the people that are close to us. Because I did have a lot of people say to me, well, what about something, something, something? And I would kind of be dismissive of it. And it wasn't until I was ready to hear it, mm-hmm. you know, that all of a sudden I was like, you know, maybe that's something. Right. I'm rambling, you know, and I'm no. sorry. <laughs> So yeah, we're gonna edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we ran out of time. You can't ask me any more any more questions. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that was great, and I do want to focus on that because that's so important. And so many people have gone through job loss and and things, you know, loss in general, things that have happened. And you're right. You you can't just sit there and wallow in your grief. You need to actually open your eyes to see what's there and what's available and find alternatives. And I think, you know, you're a great example of finding those alternatives. And, and I, I think, you know, you're heading in the right direction. And one day when these live events come back and retail live is live once again, it will be alive and kicking and doing well. So I hope that's the case. But I, I do want to jump into the final four here, Stacey. Okay. So, so let's do it. So our first question for you today is, what was the worst job that you ever had? 
you know, this one's really hard for me because I guess I've been really blessed in my life because I've had really good jobs. Um, I, I can't think of a bad job. I can think of a bad boss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been in some pretty hostile environments, frankly. Um, I've seen staplers thrown at people. I've seen file folders thrown at people. I've seen people uh, being told that they had uh, S, you can fill in the blank for brains. I mean, I've been in that kind of environment. Um, and even though, so the job was really great for me because I learned a lot and, um, you know, all that, but the, the environment wasn't so great. Mm. So I guess I don't really want to call those people yeah, out. Yeah, that's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> but no, I think that's important because sometimes it's not necessarily the, the job in and of itself that you are called upon to do, but it's the environment. And knowing that, you know, maybe, you know. You, you know, and I will that. say this really quick about that. When I was at this place, I was treated really well but I saw other people being treated poorly. And that really like, you know, after a while that started to bother me and somebody in our industry pulled me aside. I will never forget this person. And he said to me, basically, Stacy, if you don't get out, you're guilty by association. Mm. Even if they treat you great, at some point people go, why is she still, why is she associating with those people? And I, I mean, I was starting to feel that way already, but um, it, it was a, it was kind of a learn, it was a moment for me that that definitely pushed me to, try something different. Definitely. Well, it's a very powerful lesson also. Yeah. Okay. Our next question is what is a book that has given you a paradigm shift? Again, this is guys. people are going to think <laughs> I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So many of my close circle people have, I've been like torturing people with this book lately. <laughs> I've like purchased it for multiple people. It's called super attractor. I posted about it on LinkedIn by Gabrielle Bernstein. And it is, I have always believed as for as long as I can really remember, definitely since I've like gone into my career, uh, just around that age, like early twenties, like what you put out there is what you get. Mm. I'm a very big believer in, in manifesting. Right. Um, I've just seen it happen way too many times in my life where it has been validated and so I've always had that kind of mentality. And if somebody says like a bunch of names, I'm like, don't say that. You don't, you know, I'm always like, correct. Sure. And people will say, oh, that's stupid. So what if, I, if I say that, that's not going to come back to me. I'm like, you'd be surprised, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm certainly not perfect. I, I, you know, I have to remind myself all the time. About that. And I, and I just been a big believer in energy. Well, this book talks about that in a way that doesn't make it sound like, you know, you're some like crazy person, but it's really, it's about, you know, it's just about energy. And frankly, I'm having a eureka moment right now. I was reading that book when that shift happened for me from, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I don't have a conference business to what can I do to feel better? Well, uh, I highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. And it, you know, and it happened. It wasn't just like the snap of the fingers, but it was. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I guarantee that had to do with how you were thinking and how you were feeling and how you were projecting and manifesting that to, you know, to create those, those realities to, to come yeah. about. So highly recommended that book. Thank you, Stacy, for that. So the super connector. And third question, what skill or talent would you like to learn? I wish I could play the guitar. I, I really want to play the guitar. Like I want to play the guitar so bad. I actually cut all my nails really low because when you're learning, you can't, your nails will like, if, I don't know if you play, but yeah. you hit the strings, like it's a disaster. 
And I, I signed up for even a, like a free course online. And I like last summer, I was kind of getting into it and you know, your fingers get really sore yeah. <laughs> when you're playing and I failed miserably at following through. But, but I really, every time, like during this, I was like, you know what, this is the perfect time mm-hmm. to pick up a guitar again. And I haven't done it probably because I'm intimidated by it. And I feel like I'm going to suck at this. And so I, I haven't done it, but I need to. I would just love it. My dad plays. Um, I grew up around that. Um, and, and I just, I think it's, I think it's just, it's really cool to, cool. to yeah. hear people play. And I love music. So that's the skill I would like to have. Awesome. Yeah. I play a little bit. My father plays guitar also. And I grew cool. up with that, but I actually, I spoke about this once on an episode before, so I'm not going to bore the listeners with that again, but I learned it in kind of a situation where I was, uh, I had no other, I was an athlete in high school and I broke my leg in a game and I was just like, you know, out like six months. So I, I needed to, you uh, had to find something I'd to find something to spend my time with. And, and I just picked up the guitar and taught myself like that. Maybe I need to like online, cabin for a month and bring a guitar <laughs> where I don't have anything else to do and just right. like force myself to do it. Well, yeah, you know, you could very well, but online courses, it sounds and like. We, and then we could, and then we could jam. Right. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom jam. I'd be playing three. I'd just be playing like three chords. chords I wouldn't offer much, but I could support you. (laughs) Okay. So fourth question is what does success mean to you? Wow. Well, I think that's kind of different. Well, I I would say it's different in personal and business, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I think success is, well, I would say success is doing what you say you're going to do. I think it is following through mm. on uh, promises you make to yourself and to others. Mm. That's beautiful. Uh, that, that's probably, and frankly, I could work on that. I think we all can work on that. I, I'm one to set really high expectations for myself and then feel like I failed when I don't meet those, you know? Um, but I really, I, I do try hard, especially with my children, you know, to be somebody that they, they count on. And if I say I'm going to do something, do it. And um so that's, that's, that's one of the ways there's many ways to, to define success, but that's one of them for me. For of course. Sure. Well, that's, that's excellent. So we're going to leave our listeners with where can our listeners find you? And I think it's maybe appropriate because we're going to try to air this episode in advance of something yes. special. So Stacey, you want to take a minute and tell people about that? Sure. So the first thing is you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is uh, Stacy Mooney with an EY, Stacy with an EY Mooney on LinkedIn. We have a business page, Retail Live. Uh, we've got Instagram, which is Retail Live USA. Um, those are probably the you know the main main social media tools that we use. We do have Facebook and and Twitter, but we don't you know we don't use those as much. And of course, our website, RetailLive.com. And drum roll. So I'm really excited. I've been working on this, talking about adapting in the environment that we're in. We are going to have our first ever virtual retail live event on July 1st. It will be limited to the first 500 people. We will have 50 retailers and you will be able to network one-on-one with those retailers, just like you do at a regular retail live event. We're really excited for it. It is going to be as close to an actual live event as we can make in a virtual environment you will have a chance to pitch sites. You will have a chance to collect their site criteria. You will be able to download the trade book at the end of the virtual conference. And so we're really excited because I'm just dying to connect those retailers with the deal makers that are out there. So July 1st. Awesome. So listeners, thank you uh, again to Stacy. I want to thank everyone for listening in. And remember, the best advice only comes when you ask.
Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I wanna hear from you guys. So I wanna hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.